0: Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live.
2: Okay, I'm now joined by Mary at the book launch of her book, of her fabulous new book. Uh, Mary, before we start, you should probably tell us about your book really okay. quickly. All right. So in a nutshell.
1: In a nutshell, it's a book called Support Not Surveillance how to uh, solve the teacher recruitment crisis. Sorry, that's the wrong thing. It's support, not surveillance, how to solve the teacher retention crisis. And it's a book written about teachers and for teachers about why is it that their work has become so intensive, why the accountability regime is so toxic and what you can do about it.
2: Okay, before we get on to questions about the book and other things, I'm gonna do a, where you have to pick one or the other
1: Mm, out of these
2: options. Are you ready? I am ready. Johnson or Cameron?
1: Cameron.
2: Corbin or Starmer? Starmer. Blair or Brown? Brown. Jeff Barton or Kevin Courtney?
1: Oh, Kevin Courtney.
2: (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Ice cream or chocolate? Ice cream. Michael Gove or Michael Wilshaw?
1: God, do I have to? Yeah. Um, um, Wilshaw.
2: London or Manchester? Manchester. Catherine Verbal single, Barry Smith?
1: Don't know who Barry Smith is. <laughs> Who's Barry Smith?
2: The head teacher.
1: Right. He used
2: to work at Michaela. All right, don't know. Uh, Tez or Schools Week?
1: Uh, no, I couldn't possibly say. Uh,
2: yeah, good diplomacy <laughs> there. Radio or podcast? Radio. Book or newspaper?
1: Uh, book.
2: Twitter or Instagram. Twitter. Too cold or too hot?
1: Too
2: cold. They're, they're all my questions. Right. They were pretty crap, weren't they, really? Yeah, they
1: were. No, they are fine. <laughs> I
2: thought they'd be better. <laughs> um, why are... OK, here comes my questions now. Mm. This is starting with, with NEU. We'll move on to Hofstede. Mm-hmm. It's only going to be a five-minute interview. Why are union members from all unions leaving and joining insurance based protection schemes as an alternative to unions and what do you think about that? Because a lot of them are, joining, are leaving unions and joining uh, insurance based protection schemes that are not unions.
1: Well we grew our membership by 20,000 over the last two years so I don't think that's true. <laughs>
2: I'm only going, I'm only basing my research on the incredibly reliable form of social media and yeah. the amount of tweets yeah, yeah. that I see that say, I'm joining this, yeah. this insurance
1: I'd follow thing. different followers, yeah. I think that there's a healthy s- social media promotion of um, insurance only, but when you look at their accounts, you're not seeing a huge growth in that at all. Not at all.
2: What do you think about the concept, though? Do you understand people saying, you know what? Unions don't do anything for me. I'm leaving, I'm using an insurance-based scheme instead.
1: I think that's really ridiculous. Unions do a huge amount. Um, they do a huge amount to protect your work and actually what you're charged for in union fees, to as the protection you get is amazing. Uh, but you, what else can you get through union? You get through CPD, you get great publications, you get great policy work you get great local uh, training and development uh, you get people in your school who support you it's not an individual model which is the insurance model it's a collective model and i think that's really important
2: you can see me nodding mary because personally i agree with you although i have to stay unbiased and this is absolutely but i do agree with you personally um is the now i asked you this which you hated me for at the end of your book launch a little bit. Dislike is probably a more yeah. kind term. <laughs> is the idea of no more exclusions or zero exclusions against the interests of not just NEU members but NAS members because actually, you know, from the NEU conference the other week, there was a lot of talk about no more exclusions, zero exclusions, we want to stop exclusions. Uh... But the critics of that would say, you know, actually, we need to exclude because if we don't exclude, we're in trouble. You know, behaviour's going to slide, you know, and actually there's valid reasons for exclusion. People are translating that as no exclusions, any you. That's what people are translating it as. Well,
1: that motion didn't pass. And the motion passed that, you know, we try to keep exclusions to an absolute minimum, but there are times when children need to be excluded. And that was argued strongly in the conference hall. And it was, and the idea that, it was you know it was supported by a very st- strong majority of the conference delegates so that's not the neu position and indeed when the um no more exclusions came as an amendment to a motion last year um and was voted through i went stood up the next day and said this is how i interpret it i interpret it as no more exclusion from education but there are times when you need to exclude very unfortunately children from school The problem we have is that we exclude too many and we include too many illegally. And the NEU's done a lot of work on that. But absolutely, there are times when very unfortunately, children need to be moved from a particular school because the circumstances which they've got themselves into in that school isn't helpful for them and certainly not helpful for the school community. What is important is when a child is excluded, there is a good alternative provision for them or a good alternative place at the school and they're not excluded from education.
2: A big focus in the book... Now, I haven't read the book yet. I've only just picked it up now, but I've skimmed. Big focus in the book is Ofsted. Yeah. Right? And I've read a few reviews of the book already on social media. I didn't, I
1: didn't know it has been reviewed. Who's it's reviewed like, it?
2: There's a few reviews. I've yes, read sir. them. I've well, read
1: them. Are, they, are they positive?
2: One of them is... is Im- Again, this is not the view yeah. of Teachers Talk Radio. This is yeah. the view of Tom Rogers. It was quite negative yeah. about the book uh, in the sense of... They they were basically saying, you know, your alternative for Ofsted isn't enough to to, to kind of say this this is an alternative for Ofsted. Now, you know, on a personal level, I am very adamantly against all things that have gone on with inspection. And and what it is now, I don't care about the kind of, oh, we now focus on curriculum. Yeah, but you still do snapshot judgments. So you know what my view is? But there is the view out there that actually, yeah, it's it's all good to say, oh, Ofsted's rubbish. But what's the alternative?
1: Well, I do put forward the bones of an alternative. And he might say it's not enough. But when you look at the critique, which I do in a chapter and a half on Ofsted, the critique is, I think, all-encompassing. And it's evidence-based. And you look at my book and there are five pages of notes at the end of the book. Because I knew, as a union leader, putting forward system change ideas that I I would be knocked down if I didn't have the evidence I think it's very interesting that he's gone for um, what you might do to replace it which is sketchy, absolutely what he hasn't been able to attack is my critique of what we currently have and my view is we can discuss what replaces it and how you reform was dead, but you can't ignore the damage and the distress that that agency causes and I think if you look at chapter 3 and chapter 4 you cannot You cannot go away from the intellectual argument around that.
2: I mean, there are those that would say, you know what, we need inspection. You know, I know that the NEU's position... I agree.
1: No, I agree we need inspection. We need accountability for schools. Absolutely we do. In the 70s and the 80s, we didn't have accountability. And black pupils, uh, you know, didn't achieve routinely. Working-class pupils didn't achieve routinely. You do need inspection. You have a right, though, to expect your inspection system to be generally accurate, generally valid and generally reliable. Unfortunately, not Ofsted can say none of those things. Do
2: you not think that the curriculum focus of Ofsted is positive then?
1: No, I don't. I don't think Ofsted have got the means by which to inspect the curriculum validly or reliably. An inspection regime is only as good as the inspectors who inspect things that they know about. Ofsted doesn't.
2: Do you think it's a weakness that Amanda Spielman has never been a teacher or would you prefer to not make it personal? I don't want
1: to make it personal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think that there is a problem? in? T- I mean, why do you think that Ofsted switched to curriculum from data? Because if you remember five years ago, it's very much we're judging it on Progress A, yeah. we're judging it on the data. And then suddenly, about two, three years ago, there was this big switch. We're now going to inspect deep dives on curriculum. Why do you think they did that?
1: I think they did that because they admitted themselves that the focus on data meant it was narrowing of the curriculum and teaching to the test, but how an EA inspection agency which has had five changes of inspection framework in nine years can say that any of its inspection judgments stand the test of time or are comparable with previous inspection judgments which may be on frameworks which are three times ago is a question that I would like to ask.